Shumrabyug. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Sure Look, Sure Listen, the podcast that takes a pop at culture. Sure Look, Sure Listen. 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 Benjamin, we're back. It's 2022. We've both survived and we're looking forward to a long and prosperous year. But, sure, look, don't worry about any of that because we have lots, lots, lots and lots and lots and lots of stuff to look at. For example, Benjamin, did you know that Spider-Man is the number one box office film of all time or something else similar to that? That, also, that sounds about right. <laughs> no, it's not. It's wrong. But also, Benjamin, we're going to take a look at the film that has been called the COVID of films, Matrix Resuscitations. Yes. And we're looking at the Book of Boba. Or as we say here, the Book of Boba. Sure, listen, Michael. If that wasn't enough, I've forgotten how this conceit works and I nearly didn't get my bit right there. Uh, we're also going to be taking a look at the main topic of the week, which is transformative fatherhood, space switchers, and how fatherhood is used as a device to propel male characters to redemption. Yeah, you can know someone's a good egg if they're a dad. Yeah, that's that's all <laughs> That's all it is. How not like real life, Michael. How not like real yeah, life. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Oh, oh. A little grim insight into your life there, Ben. Benjamin! <laughs> yeah. Speaking of father figures, it turns out, Benjamin, that your favourite film of last year, Spider-Man No Way Home, which yes. we're going to try to avoid spoiling. But, for some reason. For some reason. But, you know, if you're existing on the internet these days, it's probably well and truly spoiled if you haven't yes. seen it. Isn't it interesting, Ben, that people seem to be holding off on spoilers for this one more than any film, I think, in history? I think they just want people to enjoy it the way they enjoyed it, Michael. Yeah, the last time I can think of people being this pernickety about spoilers was The Sixth Sense. Oh, that was a very important spoiler, Michael. As you know, he sees dead people. Yeah, yeah, it turns yeah. out that Bruce yes. Willis is dead. Oh, I've spoiled it, sorry. You've spoiled it, Benjamin. The Sixth oh. Sense. The original film had the subtitle, The Sixth Sense subtitle, Bruce Willis is a Ghost. But they, felt, is a ghost. but they felt that that spoiled too much. Benjamin! <laughs> yeah. We've gone on such a rant that my original my original link, my original segue isn't going to make any sense. Benjamin, speaking of big daddies, we're talking about the film which is the big daddy of last year's box office. Okay. Spider-Man No Way Home. Did I say oh that? I don't remember. Benjamin, yeah. it's Sony's most successful film ever. That's not surprising. Sony has a shit record. <laughs> Well, they they made a billion on that first goddamn Venom, Venom film, Ben. Did they? They did. Venom That's made a too billion. Much money. Too much money for such a bad film. And the second one didn't make a billion, which I found good. Yes, because that's an accurate depiction of the film that it was. Yes, an average film. Benjamin. Yeah. Sony's highest grossing film ever. Easily the highest grossing Spider-Man film ever. Right. I think the second highest opening weekend of a film of all time. Ooh, ah. Beh- behind only Endgame, Ben. That's that's good. What an incredible success. Tom Holland must be feeling pretty uh, pretty good about himself right about now. Yes, because as we know, Tom Holland is the only actor in it and he carries the entire thing himself. Sorry. Oh, Ben. <laughs> we were... Ah. We were avoiding... Sp- You're going to get... Someone's going to be annoyed at you for that one. Oh, well, just we were- take it out, Michael. No, just I'm bleep, not going to... bleep me. Bleep, I'm not bleeping it, you. Put in a whip. 
sound I'm effect. I'm not leaping you, Ben. I'm not leaping you. Sound effect. We're recording this too late on Sunday evening. You've eaten into all my editing time. Please send all complaints directly to Michael and Benjamin's podcast at gmail.com. And please put in the tagline, Ben is a real son of a bitch. Put in a Tobey Maguire no or oh, something for over God's it. sake. Yeah, that'll be good. Oh, really anyway, Ben. People. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Yeah. I was just talking to my good friend and your friend, Jim. Yes. And I worry, Benjamin. Yes. That he has contracted the COVID of the film. Oh, no. Now, I know what you're asking. You're, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Mick, what is the COVID of the film? I was thinking that. You were thinking that. So, Benjamin, I'll tell you what it is, right? Right. He, he has called me because he's just been back from the cinema. Oh, I see. And he's been to the cinema and he's seen The Matrix, Ben. The Matrix 4, The Matrix Resuscitations. The the Matrix, uh, best to leave it out. Yeah. Yes. And what he has said to me is that he's thoroughly enjoyed it, Ben. Now, Michael, that doesn't make a lot of sense with what I've seen in reaction to the film. Right, Benjamin. And that's why I think he's got film COVID. As because in... Uh, oh, no, go on. You preempt my joke there. Though, I was just going to say a complete lack of uh, taste. Yes, when it comes to films. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that was the punchline. Thanks a million. Thanks. <laughs> it was very good, Michael. Yeah, it was yeah, very yeah. good. I'm sorry. Thanks I'm sorry. For, uh, you thanks you for set it. it up too well, Michael. That's you could argue, yeah. Yeah, you could argue. Um, so it's no use anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, come here to me. I've not seen it, Michael. Good. Um, keep it that way. <laughs> keep it that way. Michael, you, just just before our, our, our Christmas break, you you went off and you you had a little look-see. I did, Benjamin. Against my best... My, my best practice and common sense I went to see The Matrix Resuscitations and it's no good at all Right now Michael you're going to have to we are going to do spoilers for this and I think it's fair to do spoilers for this Big spoilers Yeah big old spoilers Here they come You're going to walk me through some of your favourite just blundery moments of this First of all where is Lawrence Fishburne why isn't he in it He's not in it Ben he died Morpheus died in the canon video game the Matrix Online. That's bollocks. No, I mean, if there's one thing that I really like about this is that they stuck to that. I think that's really stupid. And if I was Lawrence Fishburne, oh, my buns would be chapped. I don't think they would, Ben, because I am 100% sure that they approached Lawrence Fishburne and he went in traditional Australian fashion. Yeah, nah, yeah, nah. <laughs> just, just a straight up no from Lawrence Fishburne. It was just a no from Lawrence Fishburne. I imagine it was a no from notorious no man Hugo Weaving. Uh, Hugo Weaving's a man for the nose. He's some man for the nose. He'll say some no man to anything. For the nose. He, he won't be anybody's Megatron. He loves a no. He, he won't be a Megatron. He won't be a Red Skull. He won't be an Agent Smith. So Benjamin. Yes. This film is set twenty years after the first Matrix, or is it? Or 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 is I don't know is it I don't know either I don't care it doesn't matter okay. because Benjamin it's it's such a bizarre thing all right okay. brief summary right brief yeah. brief summary uh, Thomas Anderson Ben he's a video game designer Mr Anderson yeah. Mr Anderson Mr Thomas Anderson he's a video game designer Ben and twenty years ago he designed a very successful series of video games called The Matrix oh good for him and now Ben. He's living in the world and he's not really having a great time and he's having some mental health issues. Oh, no. Uh, and he's worried, Ben, that the old mental health is, is going a bit wonky. So okay. he's seeing a therapist, Ben. Oh, who's the therapist, Michael? The therapist is TV's Doogie Hauser. Oh, get out of town. One Neil Patrick Harris. Oh. And Benjamin, the whole thing is, is this real or is he back in the Matrix? 
Oh, Michael, that sounds like a silly conceit. And Benjamin, we're going to go into spoilers now. Yes. Are you ready? Because yeah. we're going into spoilers. We're going to go into spoilers for the film The Matrix Resuscitations. Yes. He's back in The Matrix. Oh, get out of town. What's he he's, doing back in The Matrix? He's back in there. Whether what? he wants to be or not. Why? Benjamin, it can be explained by no other thing than the power of love. Oh, the so, force from above. Yeah, pretty much, exactly. So if you remember at the end of The Matrix 3, The Matrix Revolutions? I don't know. The Matrix Robots? I don't remember, Ben. In The Matrix 3, Neo and Trinity both die. Do they? Destroying The Matrix. Okay. But ben, if you say so. <laughs> yeah, I think so. But Ben, a new program won Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, Neil. Yeah, he's gone. Oh, the Matrix is very unstable these days. I've made myself a Matrix, but it's no use. It keeps collapsing. Aww. And the only thing that's going to stop it collapsing is the power of love. A force from above. Yes, exactly. And oh. you know who has love? Thomas Anderson and Trinity. Oh, they're mad. They got mad love. They got mad love. So what I'm going to do using my Matrix powers is I'm going to have their bodies rebuilt. Okay. And then reinsert them into the Matrix as though nothing ever happened. That doesn't seem to... Now, stop me if I'm wrong here, Michael. I will. You know I will, Ben. I know you will. But that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. Well, Benjamin, a lot of the Matrix doesn't make sense because the, yeah, whole, true. the whole central conceit of the, human, the robots using the humans as batteries doesn't make sense, let's be honest. Yeah, we're not great batteries. Not a good not, it's not a great good system. Batteries. It's no, you're gonna you're losing more energy, but it, that's neither here nor there, Ben. The the major crime that this film commits is that it's boring. Oh, that is a sin. It's just boring. It it has none of the visual excitement. It introduces nothing new to the world of the Matrix. Nothing that might um have a lasting influence on impact on pop culture. That sounds and, crap. Yeah, it's it's like a half parody, half Matrix fan film, half boring hour. Hmm. And I tell you what, I didn't like it. Uh, it doesn't sound like you did. You know who did I, like it? Our friend Jim. Our friend Jim. Yes, but he uh, he contracted film COVID and therefore lost his sense of taste. That's a great joke. You should have said that earlier. I was bloody trying to set it up and you bloody preempted me. I, I did, tell you yeah. what. You set it up too well, Michael. You set it up too <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah. Come here to me. I, I heard there's one little bit. At the end, there's a, there's a post-credit sequence, Michael. Yes. What's that about? It's not making people very happy, Ben. The first Why? 40 minutes, the first 40 minutes of this right. is all, it's so meta-referential to what's gone on in the world surrounding the Matrix of the last year, last That's few very years. meta-referential. It's so meta-referential, Ben. It's things like Warner Brothers have told us they're making the fourth Matrix with our involvement or not, so we have to do this. Oh, someone okay. actually says that, Ben. Oh, now the 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 gag is that they're talking about the Fourth Matrix video game, not the Fourth Matrix film. I'm doing uh -huh. a big winky face. You see, uh -huh. I'm doing uh -huh. a big winky face. Uh -huh. Yeah, don't know why my tongue's sticking out. Excellent podcasting here from both of us. <laughs> I tell you what, Michael, that new ring light of yours really adds to the visual gags that you have. <laughs> oh, look at that! Oh, look big winky. at that. Uh -huh. Don't take a photo. I can see you taking a photo. I'm, I'm just no, no. I'm not. I'm not taking any photos. Don't don't be silly. Don't be I'm silly. A big wink. I would. I would. Benjamin. Do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, everyone loves. Everyone loves Keanu Reeves. We. we I, I think it's universally acknowledged that Keanu Reeves, bit of an all right bloke. He seems like an all right bloke, but I tell you what, Ben, he's a man well into his fifties. Yes. And he's not doing any kung fu's anymore. 
He can't, Michael. He's well into his 50s. Well into his 50s, Ben. And carry on, Moss, Ben. Bloody yes. seminal role of Trinity in The Matrix, the original. Have you ever seen The Matrix? I have, yes. I've seen The Original Matrix quite a few times. Seminal role, Ben. Absolutely seminal. Um, and I tell you what, though. Well into her 50s. She's well into her 50s. She's not going to be on any Kung Fu anymore. You can't. She's well into her 50s. <laughs> well into her 50s. So Neo develops a special new move, Ben, a kind of force push. Right. And anyone, anytime someone tries to do a cool martial arts fight with him, he just goes, Aah! and then and they get a little blasted. blast. Yeah. And the first time you see it, you say, oh, that's kind of cool. He's can do, he can do the force now. Okay. But I tell you what, yeah. one of the best things about it is it means you don't have to do any choreography. Yeah, it's handy, isn't it? Because everyone's just force pushing each other around the place. That sounds shit. Oh, Ben, it's hard. It's hard going. It's very hard going. It's um, it's half self parody, half remake, half meta referential nonsense. Oh, the post credit scene. So yeah. the post credit scene, the whole post credit scene, from what I remember, because I don't remember that well, the whole post credit scene is about. What's it about, Ben? Why, why did it upset people? I don't, I don't know. It's just got people yammering. I don't. Yeah, apparently, it, much it, it either yeah. makes the whole film make sense, which isn't very good because no, it's a post-credit no, no, it sequence. It doesn't. It doesn't make the whole film make sense. Okay. It's 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 just more meta joking about what can we get away with in this game. Oh, okay. Ben, very unpleasant. I thoroughly, thoroughly disliked it. That is very unpleasant, Michael. I don't think I have anything redeeming to say about it, other than Carrie Ann Moss and Keanu Reeves are quite likable. I think that's generally true for real life too, though, isn't it? They're just, just quite a likable pair. I don't know if they are in real life because they're actors, you see. So they might be an absolute pair of absolute bastards. I don't okay. think they are. But the characters that they play in this film by Hooker or by Crook are quite likable. Oh, and that's the good, new, Michael. The new take on Morpheus is at least an attempt to be interesting. What What is that, by the way? What happens there? How do they explain that away? They So he's dead, obviously. Yes, he died in the video game. In the video game, exactly. And someone in it, I can't remember who, but someone in it programmed Morpheus into the new Matrix. So it might have been Thomas Anderson, subconsciously. Okay. Um, programmed Morpheus into the new Matrix as a way of getting himself out subconsciously or something. Oh, and, it was his get out of jail free card. Okay. And he's half Morpheus, half an agent. Oh, yeah, yeah, but he's not Morpheus at all, Ben. He's the guy from uh, from Aquaman. Oh, yeah, Black Manta. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's Dr. Manhattan. Oh, cool. Good for yeah, him. Yeah, he's Candyman. He's in everything, that guy. He's Candyman. He's in everything these days. Everything. And now he's, now he's uh, the new Morpheus. And, you know, he's fine, but he's barely in it, and he's very ineffectual, and he doesn't really do anything. It's, yeah, it's not... Oh, good, good, good. I, ben, I can't recommend... I can't... Ben, I can't recommend... So how did it get made? It. I don't know. Well... If the film is to be believed, Warner yes. Brothers were making it no matter what. Oh, so it's like that self-referential. So like, yes. it, did both Wachowskis return or did one Wachowski return? Only Lana Wachowski returned. Okay, that's interesting. So, so the other Wachowski, whose name I don't remember, um, obviously said, nah, let them. And Lana Wachowski said, nah, let's do it. That's our baby. Let's Let's look after our baby and botch it anyway. <laughs> And botch it anyway, because it's absolutely no use. I would say mm. it tarnishes the legacy of The Matrix, but I don't think the legacy of The Matrix has been very good anyway. So, you know, whatever. It's fine. Speaking of tarnishing legacies, Michael. <clears throat> yes. We've just got a brand new series on bloody Disney+. Plus. Oh, a new series on Disney+, Plus is it? 
Yes, it's called The Book of Boba. And um, it's all about, Michael, traveling around uh, various Asian countries and sampling a sweet tea delicacy. Right, very good. You've done that joke before, I'll point out, but work away. I'm going to stick with it. It's hosted by <laughs> Tia Mora Morrison. Oh, very good. Oh, you're just rolling out all the yeah. classics. Yeah, I'm just rocking them all out. And um, he actually does it in full Star Wars garb as a bit of an in-joke. No, I'm kidding. Oh, that's very clever. That's very uh, clever. Michael, what like we've actually been given is the Book of Boba, which is uh, a spin-off from the Mandalorian series where mm-hmm. we had a reintroduced Boba Fett. Yes, he was very good. People enjoyed him. Yes, people enjoyed him. He's a very enjoyable man, Michael. Yes, um, the, the most screen time he's ever had, Ben. Yeah, I think so. I think that's 100% true. I also think, Michael, to be yes. perfectly fair to all of this, I was a bit mean in my joke where I said tarnishing a legacy, um, but I am referencing a little bit of a, a, a little bit of an internet schism. Oh, is there a schism on the internet? Oh, it's so unusual because the internet is usually so <laughs> calm. Such a unified place. Yes. Such a What's unified the... place of joy and Tell us about the schism, Ben. Uh, the schism is very simple, Michael. Boba Fett, when he was originally introduced to us in the first trilogy, didn't say a lot, Michael. All he said was, I've put this bloke in carbonite here, do you want him? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that's that's about it. I don't think he even said that, Michael. Yeah, I think he said, ah, oh, look at this big pit. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, that's a big bit. It'd be awful to fall down. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, and he got knocked in. Mm. So we didn't actually get that much, but people seem to latch on to the original Boba Fett because he's just cool. He looks cool. He's a cool dude in a Spartan helmet and a jetpack. Yeah, he's got a jetpack and a flamethrower. A Spartan a helmet. Yeah. And he just looks very cool. Just looks very yep. cool, Michael. That's all it is, Ben. And that's all it is. But a lot of people have latched on to that. And a kind of a, a myth of Boba Fett has grown up around the character where he's a badass and he's a mercenary and he, you know, he holds he holds no punches and he's just a, a cold-blooded killer for hire and da-da-da. And lots yeah. of people seem to like that, Michael. Um, and unfortunately, the new series makes him out to be a man of honor that actually has a code and, and oh, works no. very hard to kind of uphold that code and be a better man. And it's really, really pissed off a lot of the uh, original Star Wars fanboys. And like, no, he's a bastard. He's, he's a stone cold killer. And you're like, I, I don't I don't think it was ever. We, we never really got a clear sense of who he was. Well, Benjamin, you probably would if you've read the Legends book. Boba Fett's, Boba, Boba Fett's helmet, where did it come from? Oh, really? I don't know. But I, I don't know either. Did, uh, probably written by Dan Abnett or something. Dan, um, exactly, old Danny Abnett. Old Danny Abnett. But anyway, it's caused a little yes. bit of a schism, Michael. Uh, a in schism the fans. in Star Wars fans. I know, it's very rare, uh, very unusual, probably a once-in-a-lifetime event, Michael. But very there you strange. have it. strange. There you have it. Now, Michael, as you know, yes, the alternate name for this podcast was No Great Star Wars Fans Are We. No Great Star Wars Fans Are We, Ben. Uh, but we're back again and having a look at this. Now, I will say, Michael... Go on. This is not a bad show. Oh. Okay, but... But... Yes. Whoa. Whoa. Somebody tried to parody the Mandalorian shtick and it hasn't worked out as well as it should. Benjamin, is it just the Mandalorian again? It, it It's a worse Mandalorian. Ah, the Mandalorian. Uh, I think, you know, one of the things that really sold the Mandalorian to us is the fact that Jin Erso... Is that, I think that's his name, isn't it? Jin Erso? No. Jin ah, Urso is from got the wrong Rogue one. one. Damn it. Jin Jaren? Jin Jaren, possibly. Uh, Pedro Pascal. <laughs> yes, the Mandalorian, you can call him. <laughs> the Mandalorian is not seen. He's 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 always in the armor. 
He's a ruthless, efficient machine that yes. occasionally talks. But what makes him cool is that he just gets the job done. Then I believe just before the podcast, you were saying you like your Mandalorian heroes the way you like your women seen but not heard. Yeah, that's exactly what I said, Michael. That's precisely what I said. I have it tattooed across my chest, Michael, as you know. Your exact words. Just above the collarbones. Yes. So everybody knows how I feel about things. Uh, I didn't say that. Thanks, though. And (laughs) yeah, so what happened there was we we have a nice, silent character, Michael. Yeah. He's very, very good. And it's made all the better by the supporting cast around him. I I believe you said your favourite was Gina Garano. That's what you said, wasn't it? Yeah, my favourite. Gina Garano, who is famously anti-vax, just like myself, Michael. (laughs) Give me freedom or or give me death. As you know, Michael, that's my mantra. Mm -hmm. Um, You ain't sticking that in me, pal. Isn't that what they say? That's That's what you say. That's specifically what you say. That's specifically what I say, is it? And then moments afterwards you say, I like my women like I like my Mandalorians. I enjoy that. I enjoy that you broke down the Morpheus character earlier as a kind of weird amalgamation from somebody's subconscious. I often feel that I am a weird amalgamation from your subconscious mind. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, for sure. <laughs> that's, been, that's been built to just fulfill some strange need you have for a co-host. Yeah, but so anyway. it's just a, a bizarrely right-wing lunatic co-host. <laughs> anyway. Go on. It's just... It's not as good. I think... I don't know if Boba Fett can carry it himself. I, I'm going to get his name wrong. I know you have the correct name. No, I'm going to let you. I'm going to let you work away because okay. um, no end. So, Tim uh, Mora Morrison's <laughs> is <laughs> ah, it'll never not be funny. It'll never not be funny. Anyway, Tia uh, Maori is maybe not the right choice for <gasps> leading a leading a show by themselves, and I'm not sure the Fennec. Boba Fett combo is strong enough to carry the series by itself. Now, mm. again, Michael, there yes. are lots of throwbacks to the Star Wars world. Okay. Um, slight spoilers for the first episode. We won't go into too many spoilers, Michael, because it's a brand new show. Brand new show. Um, but the the big tusky green boar guys from the original Star Wars, you know, the yeah. guards. Yeah, I know what they're called. The big axes, yeah. Um, the, big, the big green tusky boar boys. Yeah, I know those fellas, yeah. Um, they're back and I think we're supposed to go oh look at that remember that from the from the original Star Wars but they've spent all that surprise credit from The Mandalorian because we we went through all that and we're like oh look at all these practical Star Wars effects isn't it Mm. great to be brought back to that world and now we're kind of like oh I don't it's it's not as not as groundbreaking Mm. personally for me I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. feel it doesn't yeah. have the same weight that The Mandalorian had. Should they have just done uh, an Obi-Wan Kenobi instead? The, well, the, I mean, that's coming, Michael. We're getting an Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, very good. Okay, I'll probably watch that. Yeah, did you not know about this? I did, yeah. I was doing a little um, kind doing of conceit. Little, doing a little conceit. Um, yeah. I don't know. The extended Star Wars universe is going to be interesting. I think um, the cult of Filioni is still in full swing. He has written episode six of the the Book of Boba. And oh, many good. fans have been like, oh, well, I'll just wait for that episode to come out. And I'm like, that's not how series work, lads. You don't, don't get to pick and choose episodes. Yes, you do. You can do whatever you like, Benjamin. Do no, you? you no dictator of what episodes I watch are are thee. Uh, that's fair. Yes. Benjamin, speaking of um, Ewan McGregor. Okay. 
I'll tell you what I watched over Christmas. I don't know what's happening here. This is no, no, I'm, order. I'm going I don't completely know off running do. order here. I'll tell you what I watched over Christmas, though, and yeah. thoroughly enjoyed and managed to sneak its way into being one of my top five favourite films of 2021. Oh, wow. You know what I watched, Ben, over Christmas? What you watch over directors, Christmas? I watched the directors. You know what I watched, Ben? Here's what I watched. I'm going to tell you what I watched. <laughs> what I watched over Christmas was the director's cut of Dr. Sleep. You've You've gone off running order here, and I don't know what to do. I'm just telling you that I watched the director's cut of Doctor Sleep. I've been I'm left just... out in the wilds here, Michael, and I don't know what to get back on that running order. I'm just saying, why was is this? It's not preempting anything, is it? I can't function. I don't know what to do here. You've gone <laughs> off running order, Benjamin. Yeah. Forget about the running order for a second. Right. Did you see the film Doctor Sleep? I did. Did you like it? It's a damn good film. It's so good. And ironically slept on by us when it originally came out. But it's we absolutely good. slept on it. We completely ignored it for some reason. What a great film. It's so good. Absolutely stunning. Yeah. Ewan McGregor's great. Ewan McGregor's great. The child actress is great. The um, villain. Re- what's Rebecca her name? Ferguson Rose. is or... incredible. She's unreal. They're so she's good. From, she's from Northern Ireland. Yeah. Weird nomad vampire people. Oh my God. How did I miss that? Why... How did I miss a thing about creepy vampire people going up against Ewan McGregor? Top five film of last year. So good. So good. So good. So brilliant. Yeah. It's just a really great film. It's, it plays homage to The Shining in a really great way. It, it, you know, it's just a great book. It's it, a great it, book. Great movie. It, it pays homage to both Shining, which is incredible. Yeah. It, it pays homage to the book, The Shining. And yes. the movie The Shining, yes. while still making sense from both perspectives. So you can see it as a sequel to the book or a sequel to the movie, and both work. Incroyable. Incroyable, Ben. One of it's the most incroyable. And what I particularly enjoy about it is how Ewan McGregor is this kind of down on his luck, um, washed out alcoholic figure. And he starts getting his life together, and then he meets a young person with similar powers to him. Yes. And he kind of takes her under his wing. And that kind of pr- proves a kind of redemptive arc for him in a way. Yeah. It's a redemptive arc, Michael. Well done. Yeah, yeah. Well played. Look at you. Look at you. I was going to go off on a whole thing about how Mike Flanagan is great. But you're right, Michael. <laughs> Fatherhood. It's Mike Flanagan. Or it's Mike Stuart- Flanagan. Our mate Mike Flanagan. Mike Flanagan is the guy that made The Shining. The, no, Dr. Sleep. Sorry, Dr. Sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So good, Ben. So good. Mike Flanagan. Give him all the movies. Give, just get him to do all the Stephen King movies. He is... He, he's just... He just clicks with Stephen King material so well. <laughs> he knocks it out of the park. Oh, Ben. Dr. Sleep is incredible. I, I don't know how well it did at the box office, but it's an incredible film. Yeah, it's so good. And very so, slept on. But incredible. Michael... You're absolutely right. Ewan McGregor, what a redemptive arc. Yeah, very good. Through the transformative power of stewardship and fatherhood. Mm. Yes. Michael. Yes, what is it? That's our topic for this week. Did you know that before you gave me that wonderful segue? No, no, I didn't actually. Oh, that's very pay- fortuitous. I, I haven't been paying any any attention to your uh, running order here, as you <laughs> as you know. <laughs> He's gone off running order. Ah! Uh, serendipity abounds, Michael. Michael, I was browsing at TikTok there. Oh, yeah. I'm not on TikTok now, Ben. Do you want to explain it to me very briefly? Uh, TikTok is a social media platform based on a 30-second to two three-minute content. You can oh, choose between uh, one minute, 30 seconds, or three minutes worth of content, Michael. Right. Um, and what you can do is you can 
occasionally uh, hop on a trend using a popular sound, Michael, and you might take a popular trend or piece of dialogue from another bit of pop culture and you might put your own captions over to make it witty and humorous in a new context. Oh, very clever. Yeah. It's also a wonderful platform, Michael, for pop culture hot takes. Oh, I see. And very solid for just general discussions about pop culture. It's great. It's great to laugh. Go on, go on, go on, go on, yeah. Great and would it help then? Would it help if I was sexy? Uh, I would imagine so, Michael. You would do very well, Michael. I think we'd probably get you a kind of a, 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 a sexy, older yes. sensei vibe going and we'd probably get a lot of content that way. Oh, thanks, Ben. We'll probably get a lot of content that way. Everyone can just call me Sexy Sensei from now on, please. Yeah, that's that's the name from now on. Sexy Sensei. I'll get you t-shirts in the post. Anyway. Michael, I came across one where they were like, have you seen The Mandalorian? And, yep, the, joke, have, and yep. the joke is that the woman goes, oh, you mean The Space Witcher? Oh, very good. I see. Because mm, I see. You, you see, because they're both, because uh, they're both, they've found a little, a little child of some magical child that they have to protect. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and, then the woman then goes on to say, Michael, naturally, she's like, well, there's nothing similar about that. Why would you call it the Space Witcher? Oh, yeah, there's nothing similar about the two men that want nothing to do with the main story of any part and don't really want to be involved in the major arcs of any political scandal or want to deal with the real world in any way. They really just want to get on with their business, going through space, taking various bounties for hire until they eventually get stumbled and waylaid into some kind of epic plot where they have to save a small child that they have somehow found themselves involved with. And it's, it's very good, Michael, It's because it's true. Because that's both of the stories. It's true. Bloody space witchers, Michael. Bloody space witchers. And that begs a question, Michael, because both of those, The Mandalorian and The Witcher, are very yeah. popular. Funnily enough, I don't know if The Witcher is that popular. Oh. I, it, it's, certainly, it's certainly popular. Yes. But I don't know if The Witcher is as mainstream popular as some of the other things we talk about here. Is it not? I don't, I don't know. I feel it isn't. I feel oh. it hasn't quite broken through to the extent of The Mandalorian or Game of Thrones or, you know, any of the really big fantasy shows. I could be completely wrong, but I don't think it's having quite as much of a pop culture impact as some of the other shows are. Oh. Could be completely wrong though, Ben. I okay. have no figures to back that up. That's okay. I like your, I like your gut, uh, your gut hunch. What's, what are they called? Your gut feeling? A hunch. <laughs> or a hunch. Yeah. yeah. Good hunch. Um, Good hunch. That's what they call me. That's my new nickname. <laughs> Sexy, Sexy Sensei, Sensei Good Hunch. Good hunch. <laughs> I sound oh, like a nineties fighting game character. It does sound a little bit like that's your special move is the good hunch. Good mm. hunch. Oh don't and do that. You just then. do it over and over. You do a button smashing. Be good. Mm. Anyway, Michael. Um, Guess what is it? It did bring me into an interesting thing where uh it there seems to be uh kind of a common trope, Michael, of a big, gruff, dangerous man finding yep. themselves in a guardian position um, and it being a transformative opportunity for redemption as a trope. Non-stop, in fact. Yes. And it's, it's, it's all over the place, Michael. One of the most recent examples that we've seen, of course, is The Bloody Witcher. Yes. Which apparently isn't as popular as I thought it was. It might not be, Ben. I've just, I've, I've watched about half of The Witcher season two. Oh, and I'll tell you what. I'll tell on. you what about The Witcher. Go on. It's a mixed bag of quality. It is. It is. It really is. And I rewatched a bit of season one, and it always has been. Yeah, it's a B movie thing. It's weird. Yeah, it's a real mixed bag. There's some great episodes, and then there are some where you go, "Oh my god, are these people still talking about magic?" Yeah, I've seen all of season two, Michael. Right, go on. 
I watched the whole thing and the most boring parts are the magic parts. Oh my God, who <laughs> cares? Just, just, just show me Henry Cavill yeah. in a very, very deep V-necked tunic. Yeah, doing a big chop or something. And then have a witty bloody bard come in, give him a quip or two, have Henry Cavill go, Ugh. Oh, fuck. And then let me let me get another six episodes of that, please. Benjamin. Yeah. One of, one of the things that doesn't speak to me about The Witcher is the way Henry Cavill says fuck. Because he just fuck. goes, fuck. But I tell you what, I always feel it's more, it should be more like, oh, fuck. That's, that's weird. I don't know yeah. why. What? He should sound more upset and broken, I feel, oh, as a man approaching oh, 40. Fuck. Oh, fuck. Um, a bit of a, a bit of a Jesse from Breaking Bad, kind of like, fuck. Yeah, something like that. Benjamin. Go on. They gave Siri eyebrows in season two. Yeah, they had to. They realised that it was very unnerving to look at a child with no eyebrows. Yeah, very strange. <laughs> they were like, here, darken those up a bit, will you? It was the most sudden and jarring appearance of eyebrows I've seen since episode three of The Orville. But also, <laughs> that's very good. That's very that happened clever. in the Orville. Remember that character who had no, no eyebrows? Yeah, and in episode three, eyebrows. she had eyebrows. Very strange. As you know, Benjamin, I suffer from eyebrow envy, so this is something I really pay attention to. Michael, you cannot see your eyebrows with your new ring light. It's not It's not that you can't see them because of my ring, new ring light, Ben. It's because they're blonde and very faint. They're, you've got very faint eyebrows. You've got, a, got, you've, got a, you've got a suggestion of eyebrows. I like Siri in the season one, not Siri in season two. I think we've just found your cosplay for the uh, Comic-Con if they ever come back. <laughs> People will be against that, I feel. Season one, Siri. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, people might be, but I, I won't be. I'll be all yeah. for it. I'll be like, go on. You do that. Is that uh, is that 40-year-old man dressed as an 11-year-old girl? No. No. <laughs> no. Look, no. you can tell. Look, eyebrows. <laughs> look away. Anyway, Benjamin, what are away we from all about? Very rambly today, Michael. Very rambly today. Anyway. Michael, yes. Yes, what, what we're talking it? about is the transformative quality of fatherhood. So, in an unusual twist, uh, The Witcher really spends all of season one setting up to this transformative element. And mm. then, um, in season two, we finally get to see the effect that Siri will have on The Witcher. Yes. Um, and it really transports him from being a reluctant kind of hero in season one. Yes. To a full-blown, touch my ward and I will cut you into tiny little ribbons and smithereens. Yes, and then people are like, but why the Witcher? And he's like, I don't know. Because they're She's bound. She's important. She's they're important or something. Yeah, so it's probably not done that well, Michael, but it is a driving character point for Geralt in season two. But you've hit the nail on the head there. Why, Witcher? Why are yeah. you doing this? Well, and it's not explained. <laughs> no, it isn't. And, you know, that's in my eye a bit of a weakness of both seasons of The Witcher, that I'm still waiting for the show to be about The Witcher. Yeah. Season one was definitely about Yennefer. And season two, from what I've seen, although I could be wrong, is mostly about Siri. Yeah, you're not wrong. So is it going to be about the Witcher? No, because I think the Witcher f- fulfills that same Mandalorian aspect where he's the he's the linchpin of an episode. Mm. Mm. But if you've ever seen a linchpin, Michael, they're not all that interesting. No, except um except what are the sisters from Bewitched called? Were they the Lynches? I couldn't tell you. No, okay. Look, it's not a strong joke if I can't remember the people's names. That's a shame, isn't it? Let's therefore move on. Benjamin, though. Yeah. But is he transformed by it? Does he have a character arc? See, that's the thing. I think we're supposed to believe that he does. 
Right. I think we're supposed to believe that through a series of monosyllabic grunts, including one very heated scene where Yennefer attempts to kidnap Ciri. Right. To gain her own power, to which Geralt suddenly appears behind her with a sword at her throat and says, Mine. Ooh. In a very domineering way, which got which got the whole uh, a very specific side of the internet very hot and bothered, Michael. Let me tell yes. you, is that is that a side of the internet mostly populated by women and gay men? Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, I've is. been on that side of the internet. Yes, I, it I it's, a, said, it's a lovely oh, side of the internet, in fairness. Sometimes, once you get past the lustiness of it, it's, it's yeah, yeah. quite nice. Sometimes can be a bit angry bit angry yeah occasionally yeah. but anyway that's gonna get into trouble somewhere along the line but anyway michael but anyway yes what is it i think we're supposed to believe that it is transformative but it isn't because it's still just Geralt from season one and yeah. now he's a bit angrier yeah he's a bit angrier because someone is trying to touch siri yeah and he doesn't like that but somewhere that does that much better michael is the mandalorian go on uh the bond that Pedro, I'm just going to go with Pedro Pascal because I can't remember yeah. his name outside of the house. Din Jaren, but you can just call him the Mandalorian. Uh, the the bond the Mandalorian has with Grogu or Baby yeah. Yoda, which he mm-hmm. will forever be in my head, yeah, uh, is is a bond that's built up over time. It's endearing. It's lovable. The child is actually in peril because he can't really talk or articulate himself in any way. He can do the force. He can do the force sometimes when he really needs to. Yeah, um, like both, I like that we both did the force hand thing. That was good. Uh, but anyway, in that, it's a much purer understanding of the transformative quality of fatherhood because uh, in taking on this responsibility, the Mandalorian goes from a serious, uh, no holds barred, no qualms as long as the bounty gets collected kind of character to someone that is constantly forced to go ah oh, job or kid money or mm. kid ah oh, freedom or kid damn it damn it damn it yeah. damn it and he mm. takes on the task and then michael and spoilers for season 2 of the mandalorian we get the soul crushing moment that the mandalorian has to make the ultimate sacrifice in fatherhood and that is to give his child a better life without him with bloody Luke Skywalker, of all people. Which isn't great, Michael, because if you look at the the other three films, the youngling school gets cut down by bloody Adam Driver, so... Yeah, not a sign of him there, is there? Let's hope bloody Grogu made it out. Where did poor little Grogu go? Where did poor little Grogu go? What are we supposed to do? Well, Michael, it's not the first time we've seen this. No, Benjamin, it's a very well-worn trope. It's a very well-worn trope all over the place. We have Wolf and Cub, Michael, which is the famous Japanese manga series. Go on, do tell uh, me more. Wolf and Cub was it? It it was a it's kind of like a pulp film series originally, and it got turned into a manga. But Wolf and Cub is um, a samurai who has his son. They travel around Japan, and they have to deal with. A, oh, I might have that wrong. Now I'm gonna have to look it no, up. No, you're not. You don't. You're right. No, it's Wolf. Ah, sweet, nice. Uh, yeah, Wolf and Cub, and it's a, a really famous kind of series of old films that people really, 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 really love. Um, but we we just feel bonded to it instantly, Michael. We're just like, oh yeah, look at that dad looking after his kid. Yeah. Mm. And then we always get the nice moment where the the kid it finally steps up to the plate, and dad needs him. You kind of give it a boom, and it, it works really, really well. There are um, so that's that's kind of tried and tested. We see it as well with Wolverine in the in Logan. Well, Wolverine and Logan, Ben is, I think, probably one of the preeminent versions of it. Yeah. It's very good. Hmm. Yes. Go Do you on. have anything to add to that? No, uh, preeminent, Ben. Okay, very because, good. 
It's the preeminent one. Because Wolverine in the comic books was always a kind of a father figure to the various young X-Men. Yes, especially the outcasts, Michael. Especially the outcasts, but not not always. I mean, he was famously a bit of a father figure to one Catherine Pride. Yes, Kitty Pride in the comics, Michael. A.K.A. Kitty Pride, a.k.a. Shadowcat. Yeah. He was always a kind of surrogate father figure to her. Even back when he was still just considered to be one of the normal X-Men and not a hundreds of years old weird mutant man. Yeah, from from the mountains of Canada. From the mountains of Canada with an incredibly convoluted backstory. And then in the in the bloody 90s, he was uh, a bit of a surrogate father figure to young Jubilation Lee. Oh, yeah. Al Jubilation Lee, Michael. So they were always making Wolverine a kind of a father figure to whatever teen runaway character the X-Men were putting in danger yeah and I, I think it's really important for that specific type of character because without it there's not actually a lot to root for in them in wolverine because he's a real son of a bitch he's a real son of a bitch the mandalorian yeah. that that first episode of the mandalorian michael is terrifying he's a cold-hearted son of a bitch yeah he'll shoot you and put you on a grappling hook benjamin yeah if you remember the plot of x-men the first film x-men yeah that whole film was about Wolverine becoming a bit of a surrogate father figure to Rouge. It was, to Rouge. Rouge, I believe is her name. You're right. Sorry, I, sorry, I mispronounced it. It's okay. Um, it happens to the best of us. So it's been a kind of a running thing throughout X-Men that Wolverine is always on the hunt for. Oh, oh pardon the pun, because it's Wolverine. You know, he's, doing, he's hunting. But wink, he's always wink, on nudge, the, nudge. Look at you. Winky, winky, nudgy, nudgy. He's always on the hunt, Ben. He's always on the lookout for someone to adopt. <laughs> He's basically like, you got any young ones around? I just, nothing creepy. I just want to take them under my wing. My Trade metaphorical wing. Not my, I don't have, actually, not like Angel over here who has an actual young one under his wing. <laughs> Someone check on that. My metaphorical wing. I don't know what this weird bit is. No, neither do I. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what but to do with then, this. Benjamin, yeah. Yeah. then he gets someone who's his actual flesh and blood in a way. Yeah. Laura, the clone. Laura. Laura the clone, the clone Laura, the clone of him, but a lady. But a lady. But a lady. And then he gets to be a proper redemptive character arc dad character. Yeah. And it, it's it's really interesting because the it, it seems to be a rather thankless job quite often and ends up in either the destruction of the character or a huge emotional blow for them. Um... You know, yes. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. But also, narrative. So, uh, leaving aside the fact that in the end of it, Wolverine dies. So, you know, yeah. for him, about the worst outcome. Yeah. It's pretty bad. But <laughs> pretty bad. Pretty bad. Bad enough. But narratively, it's very satisfying that he he basically sees the good side of things for once through her. Yeah. For Although, a change. <laughs> yeah, we we say for a change. He's gone through several films of being quite selfless and noble. Yeah, but we anyway. don't actually know which films are canon and which aren't. So yeah, we yeah. <laughs> and they have to they have to reset him at the start of Logan to yeah. make him curmudgeonly and antisocial and a bit of a bad bloke again. Yeah, because they've they've reverted him right on back to the. I think they try and explain that away with the comic books. I think they're they're like, oh yeah, those comic book stories. Don't believe everything you read. And you're like, well, hang on. Hang on, Benjamin. Hugh Jackman. 
In a slight tangent and a slight potential spoiler, but it's only gossip at the moment. Have you seen the um, the promotional artwork for No Way Home, which shows that it was originally going to feature America Chavez? No. And she was going to be responsible for the multiverse breaking down. Oh, that would have made a lot more sense, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, and she's going to be in Multiverse of Madness, Ben. So, um, more crossovers? But, but Michael, Michael, come here to me. Does it say why she wasn't the cause? Why they went with Dr. Stephen Strange? Well, because I think what's going to happen was that and you know i've yeah, what we've what what we're hearing is that doctor strange was originally supposed to come out before no way home oh okay that was a, that was the original plan oh what happened there delays classic hollywood kerfuffles classic hollywood have you ever heard of covid uh, i haven't what's that not film covid oh okay the the coronavirus sars 19 or whatever it's called oh okay that sounds that awful del- that caused a lot of stuff to get delayed. Benjamin. Yeah. Are there any other redemptive father figures? Well, I was just going to talk about one of the, probably one of the greatest father redemptive arcs that I can think of in modern pop culture, Michael, and that's God of War. God of War with Kratos. With Kratos. So in the first, many, many moons ago, Michael, one of the favorite games, one of the PlayStation classics was God of War. We got God of War 1, God of War 2, God of War 3, Ascension... Very good. This is a great list, yeah. I can't remember as it goes along. There are lots of games. And in it, Michael, you play Kratos, the god of war. Mm. Now, Michael, many, 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 many classic curmudgeons out there will be going, hang on a minute, the god of war is Ares. Yeah, he's Ares. Get out of here. Well, no, not in this iteration, Michael. What happens is Kratos is a man filled with a, a, a godlike rage. He's got, he just wants some vengeance. He just wants some vengeance, Michael. And when his wife and child are taken from him, he goes on a murderous rampage against the uh, cruelty and capricious nature of the gods. Oh, I hope he gets every last one of them. He, he does. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, Spoilers good. for games that came out nearly 10 years ago. But he does. He just nearly wipes the map. Ago, I think. He kills the Greek pantheon. Good. They probably um, deserved it. They did. They're a bunch of pricks. I tell you what, if you ever see a swan giving you the eye, go the other way. Zeus is on the prowl. You don't want it's any of that. Zeus, yeah. Don't want any of that. But anyway, Michael, anyway, in those original games, all you are is a murder machine. Yeah, you're killing everyone. That's what you do. There are weird sex mini games. Oh, good. Yeah, you used to be able to lie down with people and, and have a good old time by hitting buttons at the right time. It was real weird. It was a real horny teenage fantasy game series. Oh, very good. Yeah. And then, Michael, obviously, that doesn't really hold tack in 2018. 2017 when it came out because uh, we've advanced as a society and that kind of thing is considered crude, immature and quite frankly inappropriate. All right, okay. Which is fair enough. Okay. So what do you do, Michael? What do you do? You take a beloved character whose personality is loathsome. Right. Whose gimmick, frankly, is a little bit too edgelord for anybody's good taste. Right, go on. What you do is you give them a son. And that's what they do. Mm. They give him Atreus. They give Atreus to um, Kratos, the god of war. And it becomes a game set in Norse mythology for a change. Yeah. So Kratos yeah, yeah. killed everybody in his own mythology and left. He went off like, to find somewhere else. Got rid of them all. Yeah. Where is somewhere without gods? This is pretty cold and miserable. Yeah. Can't be any gods here. Oh, spoiler alert, ladies and gentlemen. There were many gods there. Fucking loads of them. Loads, stacks of gods. But anyway, Michael, what Fewer happens... Fewer once Kratos arrived. Uh, exactly. Exactly. One extra. 
hanging out, just chilling. So, Michael, one of the interesting things about that is they give him Atreus. And Atreus is uh, a god because his father is a god. And um, he becomes a god automatically. They don't really do the whole demigod thing in I thought his mother was a god as well. Huh? I thought his mother was a god His mother's a giant. Oh, a giant... Mm. Yes. So uh, now giant in the God of War series doesn't mean that they're very big and tall. It means that they're, they're a race of people. Giants are a race of, of different people. Another more different type of God. Another more different type of God. Now you've got it, Michael. Now you've got oh, it. Oh, very good. Okay. So anyway, they give him this. And one of the interesting things they do with Atreus is um, Atreus becomes a viewpoint through which Kratos kind of has to challenge his old view. Kratos's view of the world is that you never trust gods. Gods are the worst. Yeah. And they should all die. And mm-hmm. through this new character of his son, he has to raise his son, who he hasn't told is a god. Oh. He does the son doesn't know. Um and so we we come up with all this dilemma and philosophical questioning around Kratos' original thing. We find a Kratos who's much more um remorseful, much more regretful. He's really reflected on his time destroying the entire world that he came from, and he's like, Oh, you know, maybe I went a step too far there. <laughs> you know, maybe that Too wasn't the best Kratos. move. <laughs> um, and it's interesting. It's all done through the tool of his son. Um, and it's, I suppose it's a whole new layer, Michael, on it because it's a game. And so it's our job to protect our son and it's our job to work with our son and make decisions to work with our son when we play as Kratos. And it's a, a fascinating game, Michael. It's a, it, it does a great job of taking a character who is very of his time. He's a very early 2000s edgelord kind of character. Mm, he's um, got big hooks. He's got big, he's got the blades of chaos, Michael. Not big old chainy though, blades. Huh? Now he's got an axe. Now he's got a big old axe and it's great. It's a great game mechanic. Anyway, we'll get into that another time, Michael. But anyway, through his son, we get to see a whole new side of Kratos and it works out really bloody well, Michael. Benjamin, none of these are great dads. No, this isn't not... a list of this isn't a list of best dads. No, heavens to Betsy, no. Um, mm. Michael, it's to do with redemption. It's they're usually quite poor people at the beginning of their arc, and through the dynamic of the son, um, uh, or the daughter, occasionally we see that in The Last of Us, for example. Yeah. Um, Joel is given his chance at redemption through uh, Ellie. And so it happens in both ways, but that transformative role is very important, and it it gives us a a much more nuanced character portrait. We get to see people who normally we wouldn't like, Michael. If we met someone like Wolverine in real life, we'd just be like, "Jesus, that man's a lunatic. Stay the fuck away from him." Not um, the actor Hugh Jackman, though. An absolute delight. An absolute delight, Michael. The greatest showman. What a delight. Mm-hmm. Um, but a delight. anyway, um, through that we get to kind of experience that. There's a weird inversion of it, Michael, where we get a lot of sinister mothers in science fiction. Um, it's a strange inversion of it so it's a very redemptive and positive trope uh, when it's a father and their um, you know new new role but uh, we get a lot of weird inversions where we get like weird robot sci-fi um, where the mothers are evil and you can't trust women that suddenly adopt children and stuff like that you've got like the evil mother in his dark materials you've got the evil robot mother in mother on Netflix, you've got another weird robot mother on Raised by Wolves, which is another sci-fi one that's out on Sky One at the minute. I haven't seen any of these things, Ben. 
Yeah, they're not they're not they're interesting, but they're not great, Michael. Um, we probably should make 2022 the year of maybe branching out our content a little bit more. I haven't uh, seen any of these things you're talking about. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of those. But uh, very often we'll see an inversion of the motherhood trope. Um, and that's probably something to do with a patriarchal society, which we'll look at in another episode, Michael. Oh, will we get will we get a representative of the patriarchy on? Uh, well, I think we're both prime examples of the patriarchy, Michael. But uh, I don't know. I think my life would be a lot more successful if I was in the patriarchy. I know. I think we'd both be a lot more successful if we were in yeah. the patriarchy. Yeah, but yeah, anyway, I, they Michael, keep sending back my membership form, Ben. Uh, I don't think mine ever got sent off. I think I forgot to put a stamp on it. That wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. No, it's a very me thing to do. Michael, come here to me. Go on, yeah. Come here to me. We're going to wrap this one up with a very, very simple thing. Michael, what are you looking forward to in 2022? Oh, Ben, then to suffering would be nice. Um, oh, you mean pop culture-wise? Pop culture-wise, please. Oh, um, Dracula Dracula Untold 2. Uh, this time it's yeah. Michael Morbius. <laughs> can't wait. Can't wait for that, Ben. You, you're ben, going you know to have to, the Michael, because ri- they've delayed it again. <laughs> oh, good. You yeah. know that's from the writers of Dracula Untold? Maybe we talked about that on the podcast before. Did, but it's, it? from the same, it's from the same writers as Dracula Untold. I don't want to meet those writers. I feel like they have a real vampire kink. Yeah, not not going for it for me. Benjamin. Yeah. You know what I did the other day? I, I watched them um, on Netflix or Amazon Prime. Have you seen The Protégé? Have you gone off running order again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm going, I'm leading into a thing. Um, have okay. you seen The Protégé, Ben? Uh, I've, just remind me, it's ringing a bell somewhere in my brain. It's about a female assassin played by Maggie Q who's out for vengeance after her, her uh, what's the opposite of Protégé? Mentor. Mentor is killed. Oh yeah, Samuel L. Jackson's in that one, isn't he? Yes, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. and Batman. Michael Keaton is in it. Oh nice. And I'll tell you what, what, what I'm looking forward to in 2022, Ben, is hopefully an end to wronged woman in her 40s revenge thriller films. <laughs> They're not for you, are they not? Because there's just so many of them. They're just <laughs> constant. We've been bombarded by them. <laughs> Jolt, gunpowder, milkshake, <laughs> Kate. Um, it's just non-stop so that's what I'm uh, one thing I'm looking forward to is an end to that trend I think that trend that trend is the 2019-2020 equivalent of 70 year old man beating people up because they kidnapped his daughter Liam Neeson trend of the 2010s yeah that sounds about right they replaced man in his 70s with woman in her 40s yeah and the sooner the better that ends although what Lena Headey um Kate Beckinsale and the likes will do. I don't know. Yes, what are they going to do with that? What are they going to do? (laughs) Yes, Benjamin. I'm looking forward to DC's late addition to the multiverse um, world where (laughs) everyone's just going to start going, what? Again, that's causing some controversy. Is this this the same as the Batman universe? Oh, Ben, there's lots of controversy about that because apparently they're going to be killing off... Batman and Superman and yeah. replacing them with Batwoman and Spider-Woman. It's really interesting because, number one, yes, that I've heard that as well. Apparently, Michael Keaton is going to be the Nick Fury of, of uh, the DC universe mm. yeah, coming into the future, it's, which is going to be interesting. But also, Michael, I've heard that the source for that is not very reputable. The person who posted that on their Twitter is is a bit known for making up shenanigans, so she is. Oh, very good. Okay. Yeah, so maybe maybe oh, it's not. Good. But it wouldn't surprise me if they did. And I, for one, Michael, would welcome an end to the Schneiderverse. Because <laughs> you bloody hate it. That's what Benjamin, I'm looking forward to in 2021. I tell you what, there's nothing else that really has me super excited. I think probably the most exciting film of the year will, will be um, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which is coming out, I think, quite early in the year. 
It's Mar- April, March. I have it written down somewhere. Uh, yeah, I think it's March. I want to say March. Um, Thor Love and Thunder, Ben. We've never been terribly excited by a Thor film. And they always surprise us. Yeah, so maybe we'll just keep that trend going for 2022. Yeah, let's not be too excited about it. And then maybe it'll be absolutely incredible. Yeah, maybe that'll work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So our, our predictions for 2022 are keep those expectations low, ladies and gentlemen, and then we <laughs> can't be disappointed. Keep your expectations in check. It's not over yet. We're still there. We're still hanging in there. It's nearly over, though. To quote one MJ Watson from the yes. Spider-Man movies, expect nothing and you'll never be disappointed. Exactly, Ben. Exactly. <laughs> nice. Ladies and gentlemen, what did you think? What did you think of the Book of Boba? What did you think? Or what are your favorite examples of transformative fatherhood in popular culture? You can get in touch with us a bunch of ways and let us know. You can find what? us on the interwebs at www.shomrabeag.com, S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com. It means tiny room in Irish. It does indeed. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at your luxury listen podcast. It means she'll luxury listen in English. You can find us on the Twitter at listensure. Look, you know what that means. Yeah, you didn't need my help with that one. Um, and you can get in touch with us and let us know a bunch of things. But, ladies yes, and gentlemen, what is it? it's 2022. Why don't you kick it off right with a sense of community and shared yeah. interest and yeah. get up on that Discord and chat to us? Hop up on it before Microsoft buy it. Yeah, are they going to buy it? Are they buying Discord? I think so, yeah. Aww. Someone's buying it. Ah. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, you can join us in a week's time where we'll be taking a look at the Pope in the Pool trope. The trope of casting characters doing unusual actions or in crazy costumes to distract from the fact that there's absolutely no plots. So send us in your best examples of that, please. Oh, give us an example, Ben. Uh, a very good example of that would be... Ah, oh, you've, you've put me on... You've put me right on the corner here, Michael. Ah. I've put you on the spot, Ben. I've put you on the spot because I don't really know what it means. I've never heard that phrase before. Uh, I'll, so. I'll put up a post on Instagram and explain what it is so people can get in touch with us and send us in their details. Ah, uh, the listeners can tell us then. The listeners can tell us then. And ladies and gentlemen, if you hadn't had enough of both of our glorious voices, you can check us out this very Wednesday on our other podcast, Collecting Issues, the bi-weekly comic book book club. The bi-weekly comic book book club. Where we'll be kicking off the year by looking at Far Sector from DC Will Comics. We? Oh no! Yeah, Green Lantern in a far end of space. Oh no, you you told me about this before Christmas and I forgot all about it. And it's 12 issues, Michael, so you got to get reading. Oh no, I've got to read 12 <laughs> issues before Wednesday. 12 issues of off-the-shelf Green Lantern. Oh no! I actually have it read. I'm so delighted. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> That's it from us this week, ladies and gentlemen. Bye-bye. Oh no, everybody. <laughs> Bloody 2022.